Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. It's the middle of February, so that means it's pitchers and catchers report week. Oh, wait. Forgot about that. Never mind. Dre, how are you doing? I was good right up until then. I had an excuse to go to Crux. Wait a minute. There are still some excuses to go to Crux because we have these these prospect camp sessions the Marlins are doing every once in a while. So Okay, so it's not quite spring training, but a little bit, like a little teaser, a little yeah. teaser for at least the next month maybe. Yeah, one to two days of Crux a week instead of every day. So we're getting our fix and we're getting – we're getting our spring training version ready for ourselves for when everything really starts up. Yep. And uh, for now, that's all we can hope for because, you know, as we're going to talk about in a minute or two, they're, they're, they're at a snail's pace getting through this a little bit right now. I think snails actually move a little bit faster than the pace, but that's. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, yeah. For Snelly, for Snelly the snail, I just insulted him. I, I'm so sorry. I will send a forgive me card in the mail. Yeah. So. We're basically at the same spot that we were last time we talked. They met on Saturday, the union and the owners, and there was some progress, but still nowhere near enough to get a deal. And with pitchers and catchers supposed to be reporting on Wednesday, that essentially sealed what we already knew, that spring training was going to be delayed. Now the question is, how long is it going to be delayed? And if slash when will it, become cause for concern for the regular season being impacted. Maybe uh, maybe they just need a bag of Doritos like the sloth, you know, in the commercial during the Super Bowl. That was one got of the going. best Super Bowl commercials that we had this year. I, I think that. Why don't we just provide them all with Doritos, and I bet you we'll get this thing done in, in, in less than an hour. It'll be, yeah. it'll be great. Or maybe they just need to go be like Evan McPherson and rock out some halftime stuff. And maybe just go down to the Kanye West concert. It's going to be happening at Lone Depot next week. All I know is they get that second and one. I mean, there. All of a sudden, your cousin is in business. Maybe a couple of plays later to send to, to have our second ever overtime Super Bowl, and then things would have gotten really interesting. Yeah. Oh well, but still, tip that tip the cap to Evan McPherson, my long lost, potentially but probably not cousin for the run he made in the playoffs. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Cincinnati put up a hell of a season as well. Uh, but. Back to baseball now that we're yep. back here. Uh, with all of this, Rob Manfred on Friday before – it was Thursday or Friday. My days are already getting blurred together and spring ha- training hasn't started yet. Uh, Rob Manfred spoke in uh, Orlando after the owners' meetings, basically explaining their side of the situation, which is the lines you would expect. We're trying to get a fair deal. We want to get everything on here for the fans, yada, 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 yada. The one line that really stuck out from him was – when he was asked, what's the worst case scenario? And he goes, if game, if the regular season gets delayed and we lose games, it's going to be disastrous for the industry. And this is, we are at the time now where awards need to be backed up by action on both sides. They need to figure out that way to make sure that things are ready to the point where come March 31st, baseball is being played. Hmm. Good luck because, uh, I mean, Unless something picks up really, I mean, there's still a little bit of time, but unless something picks up really fast, or they can, you know, bridge this gap on a, on some of these issues a little bit faster than they're going, and it may happen because we 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 sit here now. What are we? We're recording this on Valentine's Day. Why are we recording this on Valentine's Day? Oh, because it's Monday and we have to. That's okay. It's only five thirty in the afternoon. And we still have time. 
I but apologize I if I interrupted anything with you and Maggie tonight. Hopefully, we can knock this out quickly. So you guys can do what you need to do. We are good. We are good. It's all good. I was still totally kidding. I digress. We get and um, yeah, I I I think there's still reason I bring up the calendar date. There's still, like you said, March 31st, still some time. But clock is ticking, and you know, transactions need to be made. Teams need to sort their rosters out. Players need to get need to keep themselves in. Well, not just keep themselves in shape. Players need to get in game shape because this little, you know, the little bits they're doing now isn't enough. So, I mean, at some point, things better speed up more than uh more than the sloth and the snail because we're we're the clock is ticking. Yeah, at the point that we're at now, uh, Rob Manfred in that in that press conference said, ideally, it's a minimum of four weeks for spring training. And that they will also need at least a few days, between a few days and a week, from the time that they agree on the CBA for it to get ratified in between that time before players can report to camps. If, even if we just go, let's just say, three days in between. That's next week. If That's we, next week. If we went a minimum, if we went bare bones and said they need three days from the time they agree upon the CBA to players reporting to camp, backtrack four weeks from March 31st, that puts you in March 3rd, Three days, February twenty eighth. You have, at a best case scenario, you have fourteen days. End of next week. Figured out. You so, so a two weeks from today, you that have to have this thing in motion. Two weeks from to today, be, it has to, not just motion; it has to be completely done two weeks from today. In order right. for them to have. Right. Well, no, oh yeah, you're, you're in, sorry, misspoke. Yeah. Not not sta- not in motion. No, no, it has to be. But I, I meant in motion, but uh, my apologies. In what I meant is spring training, spring training is in motion, be in motion, the beginnings right. of it, and uh, that that part of it, not the deal. The deal has to be done, but we have to be on the path to the commencement of spring training and everything by two weeks from today. So there's your yeah. window. So, and the way it's looking right now, <laughs> I'm I try to be an optimist, but at this point, that optimism factor is slowly gone down every passing day and every passing report and every passing moment as we see this again should have known better after seeing how 2020 unfolded when they had to deal with everything with covid and having to restart that season there was Mm -hmm. i was hoping that things would change from there but it really hasn't and it's just it's not good for the game it's not good for the game seeing how this is going and how it's slowing down and how there's a pretty almost guaranteed chance that things are not going to be starting on time. No, yeah, it's all, it's all these stoppages are always bad for the game, but especially, I mean, you're trying to carry over some momentum, you know, from last season, from the, you know, from the postseason, the way it was, everything like that. And, and, you know, I mean, I know these are obviously important issues and you want to get things settled for, for, you know, for a CBA that hopefully is lasting, but at the same time, it's damaging. I mean, baseball is not in a position where they're in the grand scheme of, as far as the, on the sports landscape where it can afford to do something like this, to, to have this happen. So you hope that they can get, you know, not just in this market, but even in, overall, just in nationwide, you hope that they can get this sorted out sooner than later. So it doesn't, for that, for just revenue purposes, everything, it's got to get done soon. Yeah. And while we wait to figure out what exactly is going to happen, every player who's on a 40-man roster is basically doing the same thing. They're biding their time. They're trying to figure out when exactly they'll be able to report. 
Because again, while this lockout goes on, players on 40-man rosters have zero communication with anybody from their organization. They're basically, they're on the outside with everything. And with that, at least on the Marlins side, we saw or we saw last week that they're trying to organize ways to basically as a group make sure they're ready for whenever spring training starts. Miguel Rojas put on his Instagram story, uh, they worked out on Friday, a group of I think it was about 15 of the guys on the Marlins 40-man roster worked out in Palm Beach Gardens. They did batting practice. They did some hitting off. They did some live batting practice. It's good to see the group, the effort there, that they're actually out there. They're committed to doing everything and making sure the team they're ready. But there's also that con that the other side of it of what happens at one of these showcase type things that they're doing to stay ready. What if someone gets hurt there? You're doing live batting practice. You guys, pitchers are just getting ready. Heaven forbid somebody gets hit in, the, hit in the arm or the elbow or even worse and go into spring training and one of your top guys is hurt by one of your, by friendly fire. Yeah, there's a there's a balance, and we've seen it over and over over the years that we've both been covering this. There's a balance between, you know, staying ready, getting ready, but at the same time, I mean, if you 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 were, we were talking about it before we started recording, just even even for a guy like like Miggy. You know, when it comes to contractual status and things like that, like you don't want to have suddenly your whole season wrecked or even, you know, however, even if it's a shorter season, let's say if this thing drags, there's a lot on the line and and random stuff happens in this game. Guys, guys get hit with pitches. We, you know, we've seen it on day one of spring training. We've seen it on the final day of spring training and it's a game changer. So, again, not good if this continues to drag. Yeah, and the quick note on the Miggy contract card. Uh, before the Marlins gave him his contract extension, when he was playing 2021 for the vesting option to play in 2022, the two factors for that were 500 play appearances, which he hit. And then the second one, which doesn't really talk much about because 500 play appearances was the priority, was entering 2022 spring training healthy. So if, again, you're in a situation like this, Miggy entered camp before the contract extension, who's playing on that option, comes in with an injury, that potentially opens the door for the Marlins to say, yeah, we're voiding the contract because you didn't fill the second part of the obligation for the option. So there are, I'm not sure if there's anybody on the Marlins side that is directly impacted by that now, but there are a lot of guys on that 40-man roster who are entering arbitration. And if you go into the arbitration process and you're injured, that could mm-hmm. play a part into how the Marlins Absolutely. play everything with how much you're going to get paid for the next year. Absolutely. Your salary can change dramatically, potentially, you know, depending on how much a team is willing to commit to you, depending on how long the injury is, all sorts of factors that are in flux right now. And, and, and even think about even beyond that, you're talking about, we're talking about those players in the contract, but like the other day you're interviewing, you're interviewing a guy like Lewis Brinson, but not just Lewis, but there's other guys also that are hoping to get, with teams, even if it's just like a, a non-roster invitation to a camp or something like that, and they're in a holding pattern right now because of all this, what if they get hurt in one of these warm-ups or yeah. something like that? And then there goes their chance to, to get back in the league in some capacity. I mean, there's a lot a lot of it that, that's just bad the longer this goes. Yeah, and again, it's that fine line of how far do I push myself to make sure I'm ready to go, especially if spring training is shorter and you look at the pitching side, Pitchers probably, if you only have four weeks, pitchers are going to have to be ready to throw two to three innings by the time they get there just to make sure they're ready by the time the season starts. 
Mm -hmm. and finding that that line of how far do I go versus how safe do I play it? And how much do you push yourself? Yep. And we're in that we're in that time of we're we're in again that word that we went back to back in 2020. We're in unprecedented times with this, with how they're balancing all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to start breaking arms, like or, or you know, we push yourself. You're there's certain throwing programs that you go by little by little guys have guys have previous injury histories, you name it. And again, that to rush that can, can be tricky and can be dangerous at times too. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And on the second half, we'll talk about some baseball activity that's being supervised by the Marlins, the latest round of what we were able to see up at their development camp in Jupiter last week, got to see a sim game on Saturday so we'll touch on that when we come back from the other side of the break. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, we're back, everyone. So, as we said, players on the 40-man roster are locked out, but prospects not on the 40-man roster, at least for the Marlins, their top guys are up in Jupiter. We talked a little bit about them last week, the first round of what we saw. We were only allowed up there one day last week. We were up there Saturday. They did a six-inning sim game. Uh, and, again, it's hard to gauge things off of one simulated game against guys who you're playing against all the time, sort of like what we went back to with uh, the alternate training site and how – to judge development of prospects throughout that 2020 year. But there are still some things you can get the eye test with and see a little bit. And one guy who stood out for me when we, when I was up there Saturday was Zach McCambly, third round pick from the Marlins in 2020 out of coastal Carolina. Uh, he threw two and a third innings in the sim game threw a few extra pitches at the end. He's up to 45 pitches already, which again, they're slowly ramping those guys up. They were, I think only going about two innings before last week, but now they're building up. But the one thing that impressed me the most with him was when he, when I asked him about just what he learned the most about his first season in Pro Bowl 2021. And he was, he said, A, I need to learn how to pitch, not just throw. And B, that he's not necessarily looking at the results. He's not looking at the win-loss record, the ERA, the strikeout-to-walk ratios, He's looking more at the process, which in the minor leagues, that's really what it's about. It's him learning that while his fastball is good, his good 92-94 with movement, his curveball is his best pitch, he knows that he needs a third pitch. So last year they started started working a changeup with him. And there were, he said, about four or five games where he solely went fastball changeup, threw the curveball off to the side because he knows what he's going to do with that, and just found – how his changeup works in certain situations. 
Did he get hit, hit around a lot? Yes. Did his ERA suffer for that? Yes. But the important thing is, now that he's had a year of it, he has a better understanding of how to mix all three pitches together. And that was also, it was on display, his first batter. Faced J.J. Blade with a runner on first and two outs. First pitch, he throws a high changeup, strike one. Second pitch, throws a perfect fastball, great location, strike two. Third pitch, changeup low and away. J.J. whiffs at it. He gets three, he gets... Three pitches, three strikes, strikes out one of their top hitters. And he only went fastball changeup for the entire time he was out there in the sim game. And it looked good. And the fact that we were able to watch and see all of this without any breaking ball and knowing how good his curveball is and how that's his bread and butter strikeout pitch, it was great to see that progress and him openly being willing to admit, it's like, I know what I need to work on and – I'm willing to sacrifice the results now if it means the results will come when they truly matter in a couple years down the road once he's once he hopes up in the big leagues. And, and and that's exactly right. And that's why and that's why you always when you look at the minor leagues, you can't go strictly off numbers because it's about development. It's about honing your pitches, about about you know, starting to throw and develop new pitches like you were talking about. And for a guy like Zach, who is part of that crop of pitchers that they brought in that you could tell their guys that are they going to be starters in the majors? Are they going to be relievers down the road? We don't, you know, we'll see time will tell, but him adding that pitch to such an offering, like he had like the curveball, like as effective as it was can only, can only mean good things because if he can, if he can turn that into a, into an even more deceptive offering that could throw hitters off, like you were talking about, I mean, think about it. Now you're talking about a guy who, could be in the future plans for the rotation maybe down the road if he can develop those two effective pitches. And then obviously all the stuff that can come along with that, locating his fastball better, et cetera. You suddenly have a three-pitch guy instead of a, maybe a two-pitch guy that you were looking at as maybe a bullpen arm down the road. That only adds to the depth of everything. So it's good to see. Good for Zach. You know, good, good. These are the type of things that you want to see for them as an organization to, to continue to get better. Not just the headline names that you heard about a lot, but, you know, guys that will reinforce that depth because name of the game when you look at all these other organizations you got to have waves of not just arms but bats and and the, the more guys like this and the more development you can have the better overall that it's going to turn out to be on the field never have enough starting pitching as <laughs> as a friend of ours used to say uh-huh yep we hope he's doing well yeah yep hope you're doing well mike uh and to go off that and it's also another thing where Everybody looks at the numbers, looks at the results, but as we're saying here, it's always when you're gauging prospects, the numbers can be deceiving. And it's just, just another reminder of how that works and what goes into the production and the development. You can't just look at the base numbers and say, oh, well, this guy has a six ERA, so what are we doing with him? But when you have to take that next step and you have to peel the onion back and go layer by layer to sort of look at what exactly is being worked on in order to see what the development is going to be at the end, of the, at the end game, not just what's going on in the short term. You, you, you had, you had to sneak in the key, the buzzword, didn't you? Like I, was, I, I, you saw, you saw how I steered away from it. I said waves. Yeah, no, that was completely unintentional. It just, it popped out and I knew what happened as soon as I said it. That was yeah. Andre. <laughs> And then just a quick hit on one other guy who I will be writing something a little bit more long form on later this week. A name you may not know, but 
has the potential to pop on your radar sooner than later. Uh, Marlins 19th round pick from this last draft cycle, Noah Williamson, an outfielder, 6'4", 220. He hit two home runs in that sim game. The first one off of, or one of them was off Will Stewart. The second one was off, I believe, Zach King. But he's a big guy. He is a great backstory in terms of not only how he his baseball career came out over 2020 and 2021 playing in JUCO where his seasons were canceled and he went into an amateur uh, wood bat league up in up in Yakima, Washington, but also just the way the Marlins found him and the path to getting him into the into the organization, getting him to sign and just again, it's very early. He only played a handful of games at the four complex league, but when you look at the guy, when you listen to him talk and you hear his backstory, you have a they have a guy here who's a potential diamond in the rough. And that's one of the few bright sides of where things are going right now is having the chance to highlight some of these guys who this time of year, we're usually focused on the big guys when spring training starting up. But this, at least from the writing side, gives us a little bit of a chance to open up the window and start to see some of these other guys who you may not hear of until we have that little bit of downtime to make trips up to Jupiter and whatnot. And, they, and these are the guys that make for cool stories, no doubt. I mean, if he, if, if no one were to make it, some of the stuff you were telling me about this, the 19th round, I mean, he looks the part. I mean, physically, what is it, 6'4", 220, two, yeah, two, six, like six, in that four, range? 6'4", 220, and he only started bulking up a couple of years ago. He said when his first year in college, he was like 175, 180. He probably looks like a quarterback back there. You know, he has that physique, like tall, you know, that presence, and mm-hmm. you can translate that on the baseball field. If all the other things, I mean, obviously there's a lot of the other things that need to work out for him, but you hope I mean, he's at least got the physical tools. Now, if that can continue to translate, I mean, he hit those two bombs the other day, so that's he's showing you signs right there of some, that's something that they can work with. And again, a 19th rounder, that'd be tremendous, you know, to get someone like him to, to work his way through the ranks. I mean, we'll see. It'll be another good player to follow throughout the organization for, you know, for the next couple of years. And again, adding that extra layer of depth at, at another position that, that, that they need it. Yeah. And we'll be back up there at least one day next week. I, if I'm right, we're supposed to be allowed up there Thursday this week. Looking forward to seeing a couple of the high, top pitching prospects up there. That's sort of when we're trying to make sure we're up there. Uh, I was told Max Meyer should be pitching one of the days that we're allowed up there this week, which to see him in a live setting for the first time since watching his games on MILB TV when he's in Pensacola actually will be good to see. Get get a look at that slider in person, get a look at the fastball of near 100, get to Mm. see how that works, and also get to see how the hitters respond to it because talk about the pitching depth so much, but we need to see how good – the Marlins hitters are going to be against a top prospect like Max. If they can keep their own against him, that at least gives you a little bit of confidence. You're going to see some guys who are starting to work up that level. And, and again, we need to see it from the hitting side of the Marlins as much as we want to see the pitching dominate. We've said it 18 gajillion times already. We got They got to have the sticks to match the arms. I think we're 19 gajillion times. 19. Okay. My bad. I lost track, but (laughs) But yeah, we we, we got to see the sticks. If the sticks can match the arms, because we 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 know the same old story with this franchise when it comes to that. The last few years, let's see if they can balance it out. So, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing like again, nothing like the real thing and seeing it there, seeing it there and hearing it there too. Because you're gonna 
be able to see that 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 velo up close is something impressive always. So that'd be that'd be awesome to get to see Max there. Definitely. And that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Fish Bites. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. The lockout is still going and most likely will still be going when we talk again next week. But hopefully we'll have a, have a more concrete update next time we do talk. So yeah, thank we'll, you have, we'll have some we'll have some, some more prospect stuff and some hundred mile an hour heaters to 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 break down and analyze. So that's the way to do it. So thanks so much, everyone. We'll be back again next week.